Welcome to another program of Heart and Soul, playing the music of the church throughout the ages, from ancient modern hymns to songs of praise and worship from the early days to the songs of today. Heart and Soul comes to you each week with a Bible message also to encourage and challenge you. Now, here is your host for today's program, Carla Evans. Welcome once again to another edition of your regular program, Heart and Storm. Stay with us as we retrace the years to discover the beauty of the grand old hymns and songs. We will share more about our feature hymn later, and David Evans will also share a word for you today. Let's commence today with a song of praise, Big Sing, and the great hymn, Praise to the Lord, the King of Creation. Yeah. 
Steve Dunwoody saying, My faith looks up to thee. You're with heart and soul. Next, we have a medley with a theme of creation. It starts with the hymn, This is my father's world. Where you 
Trocoli with Chris Rice's song Hallelujahs. Next we have a look at our feature hymn on Heart and Soul. This is Heart and Soul, the music of the church throughout the ages. Our feature hymn today is based on the biblical passage of Mark 4, 36-41. It recalls the story of Jesus calming a storm as he and his disciples crossed the Sea of Galilee. The hymn's text, written by Mary Ann Baker, focuses on the story of the Saviour and his disciples crossing the Sea of Galilee, when Jesus rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. In 1874, Dr. H.R. Palmer requested several songs of Baker for Sunday school lessons under the name or the theme of the year, which was Christ Stilling the Tempest. After Baker completed the text, Palmer set it to music and published it in his Songs of Love for the Bible School during the same year. Events in Baker's own life mirrored the turbulence of the scripture passage. Mary Ann Baker was left an orphan when her parents died of tuberculosis. She and her sister and brother lived together in Chicago. When her brother was stricken with the same disease that had killed their parents, the two sisters gathered together the little money that they had and sent him to Florida to recover. But within a few weeks he died, and the sisters did not have sufficient money to travel to Florida for his funeral, nor to bring his body back to Chicago. Of this trial, Baker said, I became wickedly rebellious as this dispensation of divine providence. I said in my heart that God did not care for me or mine. But the Master's own voice stilled the tempest in my unsanctified heart and brought it to the calm of a deeper faith and a more perfect trust. The third verse acknowledges the peace that follows the biblical storm or the metaphorical storms in our lives with the opening lines, Master, the terror is over, the elements sweetly rest. Following each verse is the fundamental message of the hymn's chorus, which is, Peace be still. Here then is the hymn, Master, the tempest is raging. Oh 
Santos and Mari Falcon teamed up then to bring us their version of All Creatures of My God and King. This is Heart and Soul.
the hymn Praise to the Holiest in the Heights. Ahead we have more music and David will share from the scriptures. This is Heart and Soul, the music of the church throughout the ages. On Heart and Soul, Don Marsh and his orchestra and chorus with the song He Knows My Name. introduce today's message from David Evans. Thank you, David. Thanks, Carla, and hello, everyone. One of the sobering verses in the Bible is Paul's words. It's appointed unto men once to die. We all have appointments every day. It might be a doctor's appointment, a business appointment, some family appointment, and there is one thing we can all do with appointments of most kinds. We can decide whether we are going to keep them or not. We have the freedom to call off an appointment or to keep it. Some appointments we can put off because we have a good reason or excuse. Others we have to keep, particularly if they are for our advantage. Failure to keep some appointments can get us into strife with authorities, but there is one appointment that none of us have a choice in keeping. It is that one that is beyond our ability to choose. Of course, medical expertise can help us delay having to keep that appointment, but inevitably we all have to keep it. Some are caused to keep that appointment suddenly without warning. Others through violence or accidental drug overdoses. We know that that appointment, no matter how unpleasant it is to talk about, is that every one of us has to die. There are visible reminders of it every day in our newspapers, on the media news and in our own families. But all of us must face death once. Death is the separation of the soul and spirit from the body. But with great joy I can tell you today that Jesus came and faced death and rose up out of it in powerful resurrection life. One of my favourite verses of scripture is found in John's Gospel chapter 11 and verse 25 where Jesus, standing before a dead man's grave, said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Jesus had said to the sisters of Lazarus, who had died, that he would rise again. Martha, one of the sisters, replied, I know that he will be raised up in the resurrection at the end of time. 
Now, I love the way the message version puts the reply of Jesus. This is what it says. You don't have to wait to the end. I am, right now, resurrection and life. The one who believes in me, even though he or she dies, will live. And everyone who lives believing in me does not ultimately die at all. Do you believe this? The key to being free from what the Bible calls our lifetime of the fear of death is stated clearly by Jesus. Believe in him. Trust him. In theological circles, there's a teaching called the blessed hope. And ultimately, the final enemy to be defeated in God's plan for the ages is the defeat of death, when one day the Bible says that death and the grave will be thrown into the lake of fire. You see, it never was God's will for mankind to experience death. He wanted us to partake of the tree of life back in the garden and live forever, but our first parents chose knowledge of good and evil over life. Jesus, however, came and tasted death for all of us that we might be delivered from forever death to forever life. One of the things that resulted from Eden was the loss to mankind of an immortal body. On the day sin entered humanity, that immortal body became mortal and subject to death. But the day is coming when that process will be reversed and we will have a body like the resurrected glorious body, like the body Jesus had when he was raised from the dead. For that to happen, our bodies must be sown into the earth, but our journey with Christ lives on, because if you are a believer, the Bible tells us that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But how do we describe that journey? Paul spoke of his coming death as a time of departure. The Greek word in this text translated departure was a term that was often used by sailors. It meant a time for the unmooring of a ship. Paul was speaking of a ship that would be unmoored from the land and would be freed to set sail. At that time when a ship would leave the harbour, people would gather at the harbour side and they would watch that ship until it sailed over the horizon. Have you ever done that? Just stood near the waterfront as a ship sailed over the horizon and as the ship slips over the horizon, many on the shore would joyfully say, There she goes, there she goes. Yet someone on the other side, because there is another harbour, that ship appears on their horizon, you can hear them say, here she comes, much like that ship too has sailed into another port. Now the Apostle Paul went on to share with the believers gathered in Philippi these words, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am going to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labour for me, yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is better by far. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. When the Apostle Paul originally wrote this letter to the church in the town of Philippi, the circumstances of his life were not exactly ideal. He was in prison under house arrest in the great city of Rome, literally chained to a Roman soldier. Paul was a prisoner and yet the entire letter shouts with triumph. It's filled with words such as joy and rejoicing. The story is told over and over again in everyday life. A loved one lives in the last months of his or her life a prisoner in a body that is filled with sickness perhaps. The life keeps slipping away until a day comes for this earthly life to give way for one on the other side, for one in another harbour and another land. Paul did not see death as a loss. He always called it gain. If we follow the analogy of the ship, we note something else. Those who say farewell on one side of the world to the loved one sailing away have no idea of the wonderful reception on the other side as the boat docks in the new harbour. The Apostle Paul's only struggle with the idea of death was in wanting to remain alive and point others to God and with wanting to die and gain a heavenly reward. For a Christian, death is entry into a new harbour. Death is to gain. We gain a glorified, immortalised, resurrected body. In this present body of clay, we are subject to all the sorrows and tears that life throws our way, age, sickness and infirmities that attack us. But for the follower of Christ in death and the resurrection, we gain a body that can never grow old, that never suffers pain, and that will never die. 
In 2 Corinthians 5, 1-9 in the Message Version, there's such a wonderful assurance of our futures who trust in Christ. Let me read it to you. Here it goes. For instance, we know that when these bodies of ours are taken down like tents and folded away, they will be replaced by resurrection bodies in heaven. God made, not handmade, and will never have to relocate our tents again. Sometimes we can hardly wait to move, and so we cry out in frustration. Compared to what's coming, living conditions around here seems like a stopover in an unfurnished shack, and we're tired of it. We've been given a glimpse of the real thing, our true home, our resurrection bodies. The Spirit of God whets our appetite by giving us a taste of what's ahead. And that sounds very much like the brochure you read before you take your trip on the ship overseas. It gives a description of the land you're going to. Well, Paul goes on and he says, He puts a little heaven in our hearts so that we'll never settle for less. That's why we live with such good cheer. You won't see us drooping our heads or dragging our feet. Cramped conditions here don't get us down. They only remind us of the spacious living conditions ahead. It's what we trust in but don't yet see that keeps us going. Do you suppose a few ruts in the road or rocks in the path are going to stop us? When the time comes, we'll be plenty ready to exchange exile for homecoming. But neither exile nor homecoming is the main thing. Cheerfully pleasing God is the main thing, and that's what we aim to do regardless of our conditions. Jesus said, I remind you again, in John chapter 11, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. We can therefore boldly say, Christians do not die. God's children do not die. They change harbours. Jesus said it himself. Those who believe in me shall never die. Christians simply change their residence. And to add more encouragement, the writer to the Hebrews tells us that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, those who have died in the faith and who are cheering us on. Not judging, but cheering us on, for they know how difficult this race of life can be. Can you picture those in the faith who have gone on before, standing with their hand up high, cheering you on, including those who have died for their faith, who would not give up their faith in Christ for a little more of this temporal life? Friends, one day we will all unmoor our lines from this earthly harbour. One day we will all finish this race called life. The best thing that we can do, all of us, for our children and grandchildren, is for each one of us to be personally right with God, to walk in the way of the Lord. To never be satisfied, but to continually seek to be transformed into the image of Jesus. May we all finish this race, this marathon of life. May we finish it well. And when we cross over to the other side, may we hear our Saviour's voice proclaim, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have fought a good fight. You have finished the race. Enter into your rest. For some of you listening, maybe you haven't made that commitment to Jesus, and today the Lord invites you to do so. Just ask the Lord to come into your life. Tell him that you trust in what he has done to cleanse you from every sin and start to experience his Spirit in your life. And if we can help you further, don't hesitate to write to us. We'll give you our contact information at the end of the program. But start now, and one day you too will hear the well done. God has a plan for each one of us. We need to find the way for that plan, and the way, the only way, is Jesus. May the Lord bless you and bring you into his blessing and that future promise of life forevermore. Amen and Amen. If we can help you to understand a little bit more of what we've been saying today, don't hesitate to write to us. We'll give you the address at the end of the program. May God bless you and keep you. Joy of the Lord.
song the joy of the lord we present the collingsworth family with the song jesus is still the answer some men try so hard to prove that God's not really real While others say they know for sure His love you cannot feel But I know it's real within my soul For one day He cleansed and made me whole And Jesus is still the answer For that longing deep in your soul Jesus is still the answer And though time and ages roll Jesus is still the answer the answer for your soul and though some may say he doesn't fit with their philosophy I know Jesus is still the answer he's always been and always will be This world have brought them peace of mind, but with the dawn of each new day, new thrills they're trying to find, but not until they meet the
Jeffrey with a song, I Go to the Rock. That's a song from a previous era of praise and worship. Now let's go to the World Prayer Centre and join Terry Malcolm as he leads us in the song, I Sing Praises.
Michael Singers and how sweet the name of Jesus sounds brings our program today to an end. Our speaker was Reverend David Evans and I'm Carla Evans who's been your host. If you've been blessed by Heart and Soul, why not drop us a line? Our email address is heartandsoulmusic at bigpond.com. We have a website. It's heartandsoul.org.au. Or you might like to write to this radio station in appreciation for them bringing us to you. Heart and Soul is an Australian program 